0: Welcome to the Inspiring Social Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is Fergal Byrne. Every week, I talk to inspiring social entrepreneurs and changemakers dedicated to building a better world. Here, they tell their stories, the highs and the lows, and share what they have learned to help other social entrepreneurs and changemakers on their journey.
1: We need to try quickly things and then throw them away and improve. Always keeping in mind that what we're going for is a scalable business model. So you need to keep those tools in mind, right, and not just focus purely on the impact. You need to have a, a great business model. I think what matters at the end of the day is how much impact you have. You can have a purely for-profit organization with a business model that is completely geared to make profit that can have bigger impact sometimes than one organization that calls itself a social entrepreneurship venture but you know doesn't have a business model
0: that can grow. I'm very pleased today to introduce Alexander Osterwalder. Alex is an entrepreneur, speaker and business model innovator known for his work on the business model canvas. His current startup, the Business Model Foundry, is building strategic tools for innovators. Alex is also a founding member of the Constellation, a global not for profit organization aiming to make HIV, AIDS, and malaria history. Together with Professor Yves Pignure, he co authored Business Model Generation, a global bestseller on the topic of business model innovation. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and for talking to inspiring social entrepreneurs. What would you say are a few of the key benefits that accrue to entrepreneurs using the the business model canvas and business model generation book and ideas?
1: The business model canvas is a visual and tangible shared language. So by using the business model canvas, which I consider, you know, I call it a business tool, you create better conversations. So sometimes somebody might have a very clear idea of, you know, a vision of where to go and what to do, but can't really communicate it in, in an easy way. And when you use a tool like the Business Small Canvas, it's easy to communicate because you start making your ideas much more tangible. And you can work as a group with this shared language and create something together. So I think this the shared language, number one, is, 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 is one of the strongest aspects that we underestimated a little bit at the beginning. Number two... You, you need business tools to, to do a better job, right? To create uh, a startup, a social enterprise, or if you're a big business, to renovate your business. You need business tools. So we expect from a surgeon that he or she doesn't show up with a Swiss army knife right? to a, to a heart surgery. Well, why is it that you know, entrepreneurs and innovators, social entrepreneurs don't really have great business tools and are not trained in in business tools. So that's number two. I think, you know, if we are serious about what we're doing, we should also use serious tools. I think many of the tools that we use today are just not um, ready for the task or they're from another Mm -hmm. decade, right? So that's the second one. And the third one is um, the tools that we have in the business model generation book is just part of what you want to do you want to combine all these business tools business small canvas We now created the value proposition canvas and customer development or lean startup to mention two processes that work very well together with the tools in the business small generation book to decrease the risk of failure to do better job in in creating an organization so these are three three points that that uh, i would stress when it comes to the kind of tools uh, business tools we're working on
0: it makes a lot of sense i talked to ian MacMillan. i don't know whether you're familiar he wrote mm-hmm. the social entrepreneurs playbook and he makes the point that Going in with a social venture is a bigger proposition in a way because you're helping people and if you don't get that right and then you disappear, they will be in a more troublesome position or situation. So there's an extra weight, I think, in the social and non-profit space, perhaps, that makes it really important that you get it right. Well, I think,
1: you know, what you're doing is when when you want to not just build a sustainable organization, but you also want to have an impact, whatever that might be, right, poverty alleviation or, uh, you know, uh, working on the eradication of a a disease, you're adding an additional constraint. So uh, by by definition, you're making it more difficult because you don't just have the, the constraint of, you know, earning or generating more money than you're spending. But you're adding a constraint, which is, well, we need to uh, make more money than we spend, however that is, with donations or real products and services or whatever. Um, but you also say, well, we want to make a difference, right? So you're adding a constraint, which makes social entrepreneurship more difficult than another type of entrepreneurship, because in addition to profits or just you know earning more money than spending it you're also adding a second constraint. That's why it's even more important to yeah. use great tools because you're facing a more more difficult task.
0: I think what you say is very interesting about that additional constraint. What has been your experience with social entrepreneurs using these ideas and these tools? And I'm particularly interested in how to place or where the whole question of impact best fits.
1: A couple of things to, to this question. So, I see a lot of social entrepreneurs using the business model canvas and the value proposition canvas and they find a lot of value in it. Um, the way it is, right? Yes. Obviously the question comes up, well, where do I put the impact? You know, what what I'm doing, you know, how does that make a difference and so on? And and sometimes people want to add an additional box to the business model canvas. And I think that's not the best way to do it. What what um Yves Pinier, my co-author myself, what we Thought would be a better approach is to add a layer on top of it. So you have the business model canvas with the nine building blocks as the layer that helps you figure out how to bring in more money than you spend, otherwise your organization will disappear. Then on top of that layer, you have the impact layer where you ask yourself, well, every decision I make in my nine building blocks of the business model, well, what's the, what's the impact of that decision? So, for example, you know, having a value proposition that makes a difference will have a, a positive impact on the impact layer. Um, producing in one country or another will have a, a, an impact or not. So, adding an additional layer with exactly the same blocks, and then just putting on that particular layer, the impact of every decision you made in the business model is a very interesting way to track what the impact is of your business model decisions. So, so that's the way. Um, and we like using the business model canvas in, in social entrepreneurship. Now, completely different point, but very interesting phenomenon I came across when talking to social entrepreneurs. Um, many social entrepreneurs think that their value proposition needs to be a social value proposition, that you actually need to see you know, that they're doing good. And I completely disagree with that. I think what matters at the end of the day is how much impact you have, you can have a purely for-profit organization um, with a business model that is completely geared to make profit that can have a bigger impact sometimes than one organization that calls itself a social entrepreneurship venture, but you know doesn't have a business model that can grow. So what I'm saying is you really want to figure out business models that combine or harmonize having an impact and um, making a profit. Those are the most interesting social entrepreneurship business models that, that I've come across, where making a profit is not at the expense of impact. You are looking for business models where the impact is not at the expense of profit. So having more impact or creating more impact doesn't diminish profits. But at the same time, the business model also you know, has to harmonize profits with impact, which means the more profits you make, you don't want to decrease the impact. So they're really harmonized. And that is not always the case. So some, some organizations might say, oh, we're not going to produce in, in, in China. We're going to produce in you know, the Northern Hemisphere to have better production um, um, conditions. Well, that's good. That's nice. That's interesting. But if you increase your cost structure... Then your impact is at the expense of profit. Now, that is not the optimal business model. So, what's better is to look for business models where both are harmonized. See what I mean?
0: It's hard to find sweet spot, isn't it? Really, between the two, because I've talked to you know many social entrepreneurs, and and clearly, what's interesting, I suppose, about the whole space is it's one in the midst of great change. There's new ideas coming out all the time, and people, you know, quite hybrid, you know, forms that are there. But quite often, you do hear people talking about that trade off. So somebody might say, "Well, we will do a couple of for profit projects, and then." balance that on some of the other projects that we do, which are not for profit. I've heard people talk about it, you know, like that. And and clearly, there are different ways of doing it. And And also, I suppose, in the sense that some organizations may be funded, I've come across this kind of hybrid where they'll have a for-profit and a non-for-profit arm. So one part might deal with, you know, the intellectual property and funding that, and then the other, you know, in terms of the operations in the field. I suppose the idea of a journey that, you know, that I wonder to what extent the people who use this, I mean, clearly you can use it, you know, at the beginning, and that's an ideal scenario before you set out. But also, I suppose, along the way, and you know, and I know that Ian McMillan talks about a cascade of different forms that you might want to be, you know, what he calls a market scaler, you know, an organization that can really grow, you know, and scale and have profitability and impact. But then, you know, then he's got what he's called a self-sustainer, and then a break-even operator, and then, a you know, a reliant. So basically, there are different kind of places you can be in terms of how much, you know, money you can bring into the organization, I suppose, to fund it as against being funded purely from donors, I suppose, that's the the He looks at.
1: it's not either or I mean you can't have for-profit everywhere that's that's very clear but I think it's only a very recent evolution where we are looking for business models that are scalable and have an impact it's that's very recent I mean already you know uh, which the, the the slow capital required to invest in organizations that might need a little bit more time but to figure out a scalable business model that has an impact that's very new capital right but traditionally, in the whole uh, social sector or environmental sector or health sector, we have a different approach. It's the project-based approach. A project has a beginning and has an end. And you fund a project to have a certain impact. But that's not a sustainable organization, right? It's only very recently that we have this shift towards a more of a venture capital approach where we're saying, I'm going to invest money in five organizations or 10 organizations that want to solve a specific problem, have a a specific impact. And I know that one of these organizations is going to scale and have an impact and maybe the other four or, or nine won't. But that is very recent. Because until a while ago, the idea was no project can fail. I'm going to invest in a project in the health sector, for example, and failure is not an option. And it's a complete disaster if you actually fail. But in that kind of scenario, there is no entrepreneurship. There is no risk-taking. Entrepreneurship, and I'm talking now about the scalable entrepreneurship, where you're trying to build an organization that grows beyond 5, 10, 20 people, but that can grow to 100,000, 10,000 people, right? There you need to take a risk. But there was no risk-taking in social entrepreneurship in, in the sense of, of traditional entrepreneurship. That is very recent.
0: Yeah, so absolutely. So re- pulling
1: yeah. down those walls between doing good and doing well is recent. And I still see a lot of social entrepreneurs, obviously I, we see we, there, there, there are groups in, in all of these areas, but I still see a lot of social entrepreneurs that say, no, 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 no. doing well is not good. It's only about you know, doing good. That is not true. What matters at the end of the day doesn't it doesn't matter if somebody gets rich or not. What matters is did we make a difference or not? If somebody gets rich along the way, perfect. That's even better. If nobody gets rich along the way, but we couldn't scale it beyond five people and we had an impact for five people, well, you know what? I think that's a that's a that's a that's a valid goal if you if you go for, for small scale impact. But the big scale problems that we have today require a different approach. They require real entrepreneurship that can scale. And I think business model innovation has a big role to play there because the traditional business models that we have in the health sector, in poverty alleviation, they just don't work well enough. So we need to come up with new business models to really make a difference.
0: No, absolutely. That's, that's very interesting, what you're saying, and that, particularly around the whole area of scalability. Where does scalability fit in here in the business model canvas? What are your thoughts on, on the question of scalability when it comes to social enterprise?
1: Well, so you, you, you look, when you create a business model with the business model canvas, you can assess the design of your business model. So you can ask yourself, is that, let's say you're, you're, you have a, a particular Uh, product, let's say, um, um, you know, uh, a new invention that allows you to, a solar technology that allows you to uh, charge mobile phones and and whatever um, in a a rural uh, context, Um, you can come up with five different business models to commercialize that. Some will be scalable, some won't. So what you really want to do is when you address a problem or you're trying to build a business model around a service or a product that you have, you want to generate alternatives. You want to create prototypes. And then you assess each prototype and ask yourself which one can grow, which one can't because there are barriers to growth. So typically, if you have um, something that gets other people to do the work, you can grow much faster. And let me just give you an example now, not from the social entrepreneurship field, but if you take um, Facebook, well, why did Facebook become so big with so few employees? Well, because most of the value created is not created by the company, which provides the platform, Facebook.com, but it's it's created by the people you know, who use Facebook. So we need to, when we create a business model for a particular product that will have an impact, we need to ask ourselves, how scalable is it? What are the barriers to growth? So you can do that when you look um, in your business model canvas, at the channels, when you look at the, the customer segments, when you look at the resources and and the activities that you have to bring up to to create a business model, so that's a very very important question that we usually uh, or often underestimate in social entrepreneurship. How how quickly and how uh, uh, substantially can we scale?
0: Absolutely, yeah, it's a really important question and. I think one that a lot of people I've spoken to and generally around seem to be really, you know, as you say, it's it's a new development as well, the, the potential to do the kind of win-win scenarios. There's so much here. It's so rich. And when you talk about, you know, putting another layer on top with the impact... I just wonder sometimes what's the kind of eighty twenty version of this? <laughs> I know that a lot of work a lot of thinking and planning needs to go into you know the development of effective you know social business that's that's going to succeed because you know you really need to do this work up front. What would you say to that question <laughs> It's
1: actually not as complicated as it might seem, right so When it's very similar to traditional entrepreneurship, it's just you just add one additional constraint, right? Rather than just, you know, making more money than you're spending, you're adding a constraint, which is important. This is the impact. So what you want to do is let's say you want to um, work on a specific area. Well, you need to prototype like a designer. You prototype five, 10, 20 different potential business models that you could start. Right, One with this customer segment, one with that customer segment, one with this type of channel, one with a partnership, one without a partnership. And then you ask yourself, number one, which one of these five to ten business models that I came up with has more or less impact? Now, are you going to know with absolute, you know, 100% certainty which one is going to have more impact? No, but you can probably assess, you know, rule of thumb, but you can assess which one will have more impact. Then the next thing you need to do, is combine it with the whole lean startup and customer development approach by Steve Blank and Eric Reese, which is don't just believe that, hey, you 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 know everything and that now that you found your business model and think that could work, now you're gonna build it. No, what you wanna do is test every little piece of that business model. Test if the people you're addressing are actually interested or not. Test if you can get access to the resources that you need. And then if you fail and that doesn't work, fine. You throw away that business model and you prototype a new one. So it's very simple. First rule is, don't fall in love with your first idea. Prototype many. Second rule is, go test as quickly as you can. Don't write a business plan. Don't think too hard. Test in real life with real people if this could work or not. And the third one is, Iterate, 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 experiment, 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 learn, 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 and throw away your ideas and improve them all the time. So with these three rules of thumb, you have a much bigger chance to succeed with a sustainable organization financially and have an impact. So it's very simple. And then you can, you know, like a surgeon, you can become more expert at it.
0: One thing that's in the book which is which is excellent is the the different patterns you look at you know they've got the long tail and the multi-sided platforms and so forth Do you know if there's anything similar that exists in the social space? Different kinds of patterns like that. I imagine something like that would be quite helpful because it's great to see this detail and you see these different models and you can just see, you know, and think through the applicability and taking, you know, different models from different industries. I suppose, and that's what's really useful here is it's just abstracted in a way. You see the pure framework, and then you can think it through.
1: So you can. You don't need. I'm sure there are five, ten, hundred. more specific patterns to the whole social entrepreneurship space now did we go down that route no uh, not in our research but i think those that are there you could already use them because you will build better business models i'll give you an example now this is more in the environmental space you might have heard of an entrepreneur called jigger shaw right yeah uh, he created a a company uh, an organization called sun edison his goal was to get the entire um U.S. industry to be powered by solar energy because he was um, in solar energy and he he saw that people weren't buying solar panels. So he figured out a different business model that would give away the panels for free but finance them in a different way um, by building a platform business model. And by doing that, he created a scalable business model. So basically, he changed the business model in the solar energy industry away from selling solar panels to a platform model where he would give away the panels for free to companies who would use solar energy and they would be financed by people who want to invest in solar energy so he built a platform model so he had to come up where he had to apply this business model pattern if you want to an industry that didn't know that before so you can already use the existing patterns and the existing things that we know from from uh, business models and apply them to social entrepreneurship one one it's not so different again the additional constraint to have an impact is the big difference everything else is the same
0: what do you find the biggest challenge for people working with these ideas what do they do well but what do they do less well where do people need a bit of coaching or advice or what would you say to people to to make sure that they really take advantage of this as much as they might
1: so One of the big mistakes I still see is that people fall in love with their first idea and they spend a lot of thinking on how to refine that idea, write a business plan and rather than, you know, saying, well, maybe this idea could work. Let me test it as quickly as possible and saying, oh, then seeing that it doesn't work and then throwing it away. People fall in love with their first ideas and they have a hard time letting go and iterate pivot to a new business model. That's a big mistake you see in social entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship alike because um, we're not used to working like designers. And How do designers work? They make something very quickly. They make a rough prototype, low fidelity. They try it out. They learn. They fail and they improve. They try something else until they get to some working prototype that could actually Uh, you know um, be implemented and we need to follow the same approach in social entrepreneurship we need to try quickly things um, and and then throw them away and improve always keeping in mind that what we're going for is a scalable business model so you need to keep those tools in mind right Um, and not just focus purely on the impact you need to have a, a great business model So, so that's um, I would say is is some of the some of the things that I I think could still be improved
0: today. Right, right. I guess this question of trade off as well. You mentioned that kind of sweet spot where you know it's scalable and there isn't the trade off between profit and impact quite so much. But I suppose for some models that are there, they have to live with that.
1: Of course. um, Again, we're not going to ever be in a world where everything can and should be for profit. But I still think that the potential um, of in innovative business models is not explored a- enough at all. I think we we are just scratching at the surface. I think we accept this trade-off w- way too quickly. And, um, uh, you know, one example that is always touted as wonderful, like Kiva.com, well, great, but, you know, Kiva.com is not the most sustainable business model. Um, so so I think we, we're still in a world where, Yes, we're tearing down the barriers between doing well and, and doing good, uh, you know, um, having a profitable organization and, and making an impact. But I think we're, we're, this is just the beginning. We're just scratching at the surface. And I think we kept, you know, um, surrender way too quickly um, um, regarding these trade-offs. And we say, well, these trade-offs are you know, what we have to live with when we want to have an impact. I don't think so. I, I would push people and, and you know go further and look at companies like Sun Edison um, and, and others in that space that are trying to harmonize profit and impact. So don't get me wrong, I'm not a, a profit fanatic, but I do think those business models can have a bigger impact, and that's why I'm so excited about them because they're they're more scalable. So I think we shouldn't surrender um, as quickly as we do today when it comes to this trade-off. So again, sometimes we will have to surrender, but I think we surrender too quickly today.
0: When it comes to your latest thinking and the work you're doing at the moment in terms of value propositions, where does that go? Can you tell me a little bit about that and also maybe where that might impact social entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, I like using this image of of surgeons, right? Imagine you have to go through heart surgery and your your surgeon shows up with a Swiss Army knife. You wouldn't feel very comfortable, right? So uh, one tool that does it all. <laughs> um, I think in in, in, in in entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship, we're still too happy with the kind of the basic tools we have. I think we need to become um, organizational or business surgeons, if you want. And what I mean with that is we need to have a series of tools that work together. So rather than, for example, adding a building block to the business small canvas, no, we need other tools that do other jobs. And then we need to navigate between you know the tools depending on the job we're getting we're trying to get done so concrete example when i'm trying to figure out how am i going to create a financially sustainable business model then i use the business model canvas but when i'm trying to figure out how am i creating value for my customers or beneficiaries then the business model canvas is not the best tool then i need a different tool and that's why we came up with the value proposition canvas so the value proposition canvas helps you figure out or describe how you're creating value for customers. So two different topics, two different tools. Or if we're talking about organizational culture, well, again, the business model canvas or the the value proposition canvas is not going to help you very much. But I think we can create tools that allow us to manipulate organizational culture. So we're going to have three, five, ten, fifty tools that work seamlessly together. That's my vision of how we're going to work in in organizational design, and that includes entrepreneurship. That includes social entrepreneurship. That even includes running governments and government organizations. I think we're going to become more sophisticated in those kind of tools. What I'm talking about is not the operational stuff like accounting or finance. We do that very well. But about creating value propositions, creating business models, creating organizational cultures. There, we're very um, badly equipped for the moment. And the vision of our team, uh, Strategizer, is to create those tools so we we create better organizations that have a bigger impact um, in many different ways.
0: Right. It's the devil's advocate question. What is the special importance of value proposition and thinking about it in a nuanced, explicit way?
1: Well, today people are still very product-focused, um, very feature-focused, but they you know, are not very um, good, um, at least uh, most of the people I came across in, in big companies, startups, social enterprises. They're not very good at articulating clearly and in a tangible way how they're creating value for their customers, for their beneficiaries. So what the value proposition does, value proposition canvas does, is it's a tool that allows you to clearly explain how you're creating value for customers. Just like the business model canvas allows you to clearly explain how you're creating or capturing value for your organization. So these these business tools allow you to manipulate the phenomenon in in a much more tangible way. That's, That's very basic, you'll say. But actually today, if you ask somebody, what's your value proposition? Or formulate what a value proposition is. Define what a value proposition is. But we don't have a very good shared language. So it's as basic as that. Creating a shared language that allows you to Work better on value propositions, just like we did for business models.
0: Right, right. Is that relevant to social entrepreneurs, would you say? I mean, one thing that has come up talking to other people is this definition of what, who your customer is, you know, can be quite a more nuanced affair when it comes to social entrepreneurs. So when you go into, you know, an area, for example, that there might have, you know, w- water problems, you come up with a way of you know bringing fresh water and so forth, that there may also be within that ecosystem, some people who wouldn't necessarily support that because they are, should we say, beneficiaries of the status quo and to some extent you might consider those customers as well uh, in the sense that to what extent does what you do include them or is it of value to them so you know how do you think about your customers who you define as your customers in such a way that you can embrace and include them i think they they often give the example of the wells that break down you know because the you know the local powers don't have incentives to you know to continue them and so forth so
1: Anybody who you are creating value for, you can, you can consider them as, as a customer and you can use the value proposition canvas. So that, 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 is, that is okay. I mean, you can, you can do that for your stakeholders. Um, I don't see um, that as very different from, from any other type of organization, right? You have uh, stakeholders that uh, you need to keep happy and you need a value proposition for them. So it's, it's the same thing. Or you need to have you know have a business model that is robust um, within a context of stakeholders that um, are not happy with what you're doing. So if you're an, if you're a company, you'll have competitors, um, and and they're not maybe not happy with what you're doing. You're going to have to figure out a business model that that actually um, takes that into account. If you are a, a company that you know, is creating something that the regulator is not happy with, you know, take it take the taxi. Uh, the whole uh, taxi scene at the moment is being disrupted, you have to figure out a business model that that, that works there. It's exactly the same thing in social entrepreneurship. So if you take the business model canvas specifically as a tool, you can use it to describe how you're creating value for anybody. I personally use the business model, uh, the value proposition canvas sometimes when I go and make a presentation. There's absolutely, it's not in the context of a a business model at all. It's just in the context of me creating value for a group of people. So that's the same thing. You can use the value proposition canvas in any context where you are intending to create value for a group of people.
0: Right, I think that's interesting. And just finally, I guess one of the, for many people, the attraction or possibility of the social enterprise model is manifold. But one is the maybe proximity to, you know, the beneficiaries on the ground and thinking about what their needs are and being able to respond to those. Certainly, some people I've spoken to from a non-profit, one or two, have made the journey from non-profit to social enterprise. Talk about the danger of, you know, trying to satisfy what the donors want. They become, you know, it's their agenda. That can sometimes impact their ability to actually deliver what's really required on the ground, and I suppose in a model where you actually can show the possibly the trade offs or the you know the tension if there is one between those two different perspectives would be helpful
1: so yeah I think the the, the problem with the with the donor model is when you when your organization in the not for profit is financed by donors is that you don't have a direct feedback mechanism. Um, you know uh, telling you that you're not creating value for your beneficiaries so they can you know walk away maybe and it doesn't have an impact on your organization now with a value proposition canvas you can sketch that out and ask mm-hmm. yourself am i creating value for uh, the beneficiaries and then test that in in one way or another so in a not-for-profit organization you can use a tool like that um, in the social entrepreneurship space um, you know, you often have a direct feedback uh, loop. So one of my favorite organizations at the moment that I often use as a case study in my workshops is uh, PeePooPle. <laughs> so you can look it up at PeePooPle.com. So they have a bag called the PeePoo bag, and they're you know a, tech, a, a, a low-tech bag that can be used as a single, single, um, single-use toilet. And that works very well, but they need to figure out a business model that that scales. So They are not willing to give away the bags for free because then they would be in the not for profit model and they wouldn't know if they're creating value for customers. So they get people to pay for these bags, um, but they also get people, uh, they also pay people when they bring the bags back full because uh, the uh, contents can be used afterwards as as fertilizers. So they came up with an interesting business model. And what they needed to do is two things they needed to figure out the value propositions that get people to use the bags, get people to bring back the bags, and around that they needed to embed it in a, in a profitable business model. Without those conditions, number one, creating value propositions that create value, and number two, creating a business model that is financially sustainable, without those two conditions they would disappear. Though so the feedback loops are very direct. You still need the, the tools in, in, in that context. Um, as well to come up with the right value propositions and the right business models.
0: And just the final question, I probably should have asked this earlier, but to what extent, when you were working in this nonprofit in Thailand, to what extent do you think the ideas in both of these books would literally help them today?
1: Oh, so, so um, it's coming up with better business models. Um, we actually applied um, in, in, in that context the, the business model canvas. What we were missing was a better tool to think about value propositions. So that's a tool that we were missing and that we are now very happy that we have for our own startup strategizer because without that tool, we would kind of uh, be in a, in, a, in, a, in a weird space to, to sketch out our, our value propositions. So we also created this tool because it helped ourselves. So um, uh, having tools to structure your thinking, to make it concrete, applies in any space, and we did use it in, 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 the, in the social enterprise that we had in Thailand, but we were missing some of the tools that we're creating today.
0: Excellent. And when is this book going to be published? In October. In October. Fantastic. Where can they find out more information about the book?
1: Um, just go to businessmodelgeneration.com.
0: Well, that's been fantastic, Alexandra. I really appreciate your time great that you're so familiar with the social enterprise world as well that you can you know give us rich examples like that thank you very much for your time and i wish you the best of success with your book and upcoming tools
1: my pleasure same to you
0: nice to talk to you thank you thank you for listening to the inspiring social entrepreneur podcast i hope you found this interview inspiring please make sure to visit www.inspiringsocialentrepreneurs.com and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future podcasts